Praise the Lord. Well, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. So be good to be here in the house of the Lord, eh? The glory of God is coming down and it's filling this place, eh, in our lives. The Shekinah glory in earthen vessels. Glory to God. Praise His name. It's so exciting. Dave, what a great word. Again, in communion. Bree, how great that was in the team and uh, leading us, pushing through there. God takes a little bit that we have and He multiplies it, and that's what exactly what I want Him to do today. So, Lord, we just ask that you take over my lips today. Father, glorify your Son, magnify your name, lead by your Spirit. We pray that it might be true today that the words that we speak are spirit and life and would impact the lives of each one sitting here, but even further afield in Northland, in Jesus' name, amen. Wow, we've had some uh, awesome messages lately on the uh, secret place. It's been great, isn't it? And I don't know how I'm going to preach after my wife, my, this glorious woman here, uh, preached last week, such a great word. And uh, of course, I stand up here in fear and trembling, but for the grace of God, glory to God, <laughs> praise His name, and for the freedom and liberty I have in Christ. So, amen, sister. You're getting excited. I haven't even started. I've hardly said anything, and you're already getting excited. That's, that's got to be God. Well, you know, as we journey through life, you know, identity is very important here at Excite. But I wonder if over time the enemy has got us to swap our identity of who we are for what we are. See, our identity comes from Christ himself. And he is really the source. Well, not really the source. He is the source of all life, blessing, and glory. But then the enemy comes in and he's... He turns it around, and, he, and suddenly we think we're the source. Wow. And I don't think that's ever happened to you where you're relying on yourself. I know that you always trust in the Lord with all your heart, and you never lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways you always acknowledge Him, and He directs your path. Yes? No, not to become the source. You know, just as we start out here, I want to just... Look at Egypt to Canaan again. I'm always talking about it. You need to be familiar. If I talk about that, you need to be familiar with the journey of God's people from out of Egypt, which is a picture of the world, taking them into the promised land, into Canaan, which is a picture of Christ himself and all the spiritual blessings we've been given in Christ. In Egypt, they, they were under the enemy's will. But in the wilderness, now track with me today through this word, in the wilderness, they were under the will of man. Yeah? A choice between right and wrong, good and evil. Hello? What tree was that? Is that where we'd be supposed to be eaten from? But in the land, they were, it was the will of God operating. In Egypt, the will of the enemy. In the, in the wilderness, the will of man, under law. But in the land, the will of God. In Christ, it's, I do always the things that please the Father. Yeah? And so John says in John 1 verse 18, he says, No one has seen God at any time, but he says, The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. We've talked about the secret place. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. He's declaring the Father to us. Now that word bosom, I looked it up and there was two words for it. One was a bay. Now just think of a bay, an ocean of the love of God and the waves of the love of God rolling over His Son. That's where Jesus is, right in the bosom of the Father. And they're relentless. And there's so much 
His love is like a mighty ocean, and He's like a bay, and the waves are rolling in. But then it says also another word, which is a creek. And Christ is, a, is like a canal or something like that. And, and, and that's where the water, the living water, is channeled through to us. Interesting, eh? The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Now today, I've got to keep moving. We've got a bit of time left. Right. The glorious... We're going to be speaking about the church this month. That's our theme. And today I want to title our message, The Glorious Church. The Glorious Church. And I've got three points to bring out today. And the first one is that the church, the glorious church, is the body of Christ. You know, Jesus loves us. He certainly does. But the glorious church is His body. And so we read in our first scripture there, in Ephesians 5, verse 25 to 30. And it says there, Paul says, Husbands, love your wives. I love Ruth. I've, I grow to love her more every day, believe it or not. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Remember, the church is the body of Christ. Why? That he might sanctify. That means make holy. Sanctify and cleanse her. He's, already, he's done that. The church is his body. She is clean. She's glorious. She's been cleansed. See, it's a mystery. It's not necessary. Excite. It's, we'll get on to that. We'll keep going. I don't want to get distracted. Cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples when he went to the cross. You're already clean. John 15, verse 3, through the word which I have spoken unto you. And then it says, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church. There you go. There's that word, the glorious church that we're preaching about today. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Do you know the body of Christ has no spot nor wrinkle or any such thing in it? It is a glorious church. It has been made holy by himself. Glory to God. That she should be without holy and without blemish. He is our source of holiness, not ourselves. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives. Sorry, their own wives as their own bodies. The church is the body of Christ. Ruth is one with me. She's my body, part of my body, believe it or not. She may look a little bit different. Praise God for that. He, he who loves his wife loves himself. Yeah? Verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. He's nourishing us, cherishing us. That which is of himself. Verse 30, for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. That's his perfect humanity. Same body, same Lord. He's not contaminated one bit. He is holy and the church is holy. It's a glorious church. There's no wonder I get excited. Come on. This is tremendous. See the body of Christ. That which comes from himself, that which is just suitable to himself, comes out of his sacrifice there at the cross, out of a sacrifice of love when he gave all for us. Something marvelous and wonderful has been formed, the church which is his body. 
You see, he is the head of the church. We're not the head. The head controls the heart and, and it controls the rest of the body and all the organs. But the body holds the head, holds the head up high, holds the head in its rightful place. The body can't try and be the head, but it operates under the authority of the head. The head is where the Word of God comes from. Jesus is the living Word. The Word He speaks, the Spirit and the life. The head has the eyes to see in the, into the future. And it reveals the eternal unseen things to us by His Holy Spirit. And that's a wonderful thing when we get revelation from the Spirit of God in our quiet time as we commune. Our spirit communes with His Spirit. Beautiful. And waves of divine love just wash over us day by day, moment by moment, because we're so appreciated and loved by God and loved by His Son. The church, which is His body, the glorious church. So you see, in, uh, now traveling through the wilderness. Now, God doesn't want us to park up in the wilderness. They had a lot of strife in the wilderness. One time they came across uh, this uh, Amalek, and they were doing battle. Remember, Moses was on the hill, and they had to hold his hands up. And when his hands were held up high, they were winning the battle. Amalek is a type of the flesh. I don't know if you've ever struggled with yourself. But as we go through the wilderness itself, that we'll be coming face to face with. But we bring every thought captivity into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We are not the source. The enemy of our souls wants to make us the source again, but Christ is our source. He is our head. See, there was Joshua. His name means Jesus. There was Caleb. Our mukha was called Caleb. The name means strong. Jesus is strong. Joshua and Caleb were the two spies that came back from Egypt, uh, from Canaan with a good report. They said we were well able to take this land. God wants us to enter into the promised land today. That's why we're talking about the secret place. That's why we're talking about the glorious church. That's why we refer to Canaan as being Christ over and over again in the service. Because God is wanting us to leave the wilderness and to follow, follow him into the land of Canaan. Follow our leader, which is Christ. That's where Christ is. I love in the wilderness the picture of the tabernacle. I'll have to go through that really quickly. I'm just tracking here with the clock. So the tabernacle is like the cross. When you come into the entrance, the first thing you come across is a brazen altar. That's like the cross where Jesus made the sacrifice. That's where the animals were sacrificed. Then you get to the laver. With the brazen altar, once the sacrifice is made, that's like the word, that's the washing of the water of the word, that's for the, those to um, be cleansed, uh, those who are ministering, the priests, and that. And so we minister one to another, and we wash one another's feet with the word and with ministry. Then you come into uh, the holy place, uh, the first court, in the holy place. And on the uh, one side, you've got the menorah, that's a seven golden uh, stand candlesticks. And that's a picture of the seven churches in Revelation. Then on the other side, you've got the uh, table of showbread and the loaves on it. And, uh, and then in front, before the curtain, the veil, before you go into the most holy place, you have the alt uh, altar of incense. And that, that is the prayers of the saints. And so, but God has now ripped the veil. When Jesus died, the veil was rent. And then you go beyond that and you see this beautiful ark with a cherubim of gold and their wings touching each other over, over top of the mercy seat. Praise God, there's not only a judgment seat, there's a mercy seat. 
And that ark is a picture to us of Christ himself. And it's made out of acacia wood, a very hard, durable wood. That's the perfect humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's overlaid with pure gold. That's his deity. He's truly man and truly God in the one person. And our approach to God is through him. And we're in him. And we're body of Christ. And now we have access into the secret place we've been talking about, into heaven itself. And so that was a picture for the children of Israel, but they stood without. Only once a year did uh, the high priest go in with the blood of atonement. Uh, once a year. But now the veil's rent, and God wants us to draw near and come near to Him. And He wants us to come out of the land of the wilderness, and He wants us to enter into Canaan and there abide in Christ. And bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, not only just on a Sunday, but every moment of every day. And that's where the Lord wants us. And so we read about this in the Song of Solomon. I love it. Chapter 8, verse 5. Interesting. As I've always said, 8 is a number of new beginning. 5 is a number of grace. What does it say there in 8 and 5? Who is this? Who is this coming up from the wilderness? Well, it's the church, which is his body, leaning on her beloved. I awakened you under the apple tree. Jesus was the apple tree among the trees of the wood, the only one that bare fruit for God. When he saw him, there he was, and God delighted in him. But we've been raised up under the apple tree. We've come to feed on his delicacies, on his one, the wonders of his person. And now the church is following Christ, and that's where we're at today, I believe. God wants to take us into the promised land as the church, not to stand without and feel shame, but to recognize that we are part of the glorious church, the church which is his body. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I awakened you up under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. So what we get out of a relationship, and we have a relationship with our Lord, often what we get out of a relationship largely has to do uh, with what we put into it. Same with our wives. I wonder how big a sacrifice we as men are really making. Are we loving our wives as Christ loved the church? Jesus put a lot into the relationship uh, between him and the bride, the church, this glorious church, which is his body. He gave everything. He laid everything on the altar of sacrifice. He loved us even unto death, even the death of the cross. That's our glorious Lord. The church, the glorious church is the body of Christ. It's so important to find our identity in Him and not just in our own mere mortal existence or some feeble attempt to be like Him in some way that only is really just works of the flesh. You see, in the wilderness, and if you're going through the wilderness, it's still the mind of man operating. Regardless of how religious you are, and I want to encourage you to come on and just see this glorious church and what God has given uh, you in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, number two, we move on. Number two, the second point I want to, to make is that the, uh, the glorious church is the gift of the Father to the Son. It's the gift of God to His Son. See, the Father loves Jesus. John the Baptist said, he said in John chapter 3, verse 35, he says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. In Ephesians 1, verse 22 and 23, uh, Paul says there, and he put all things under his feet, that's God put all things under Christ's feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, not some things, all things. He is Lord of all. He is the head of the church. 
And then it says this in verse 23, which is his body, the church, which is his body. That was my first point. The church is the body of Christ. The fullness, then it says this, the fullness of him that fills all things. Didn't someone once say of his fullness have all we received and grace upon grace? Yeah. And now the church is the fullness of Christ and he's not complete without us. You know, I'm not complete without my wife. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that glorious that Jesus himself is not complete without us, the church, that which has come from him, from his open side at the cross? What a, what a relationship of love and blessing. As we live in the radiant sunshine of the love of God, we are a channel of the love of the Father to his Son. He loves his Son through each one of us in a, in a little bit of a different way. None of us are all the same, but together we make up the body of Christ, and it's the Father loving His Son, and the Son loving His Father. We've been brought into this dynamic relationship, and that's what you see in Genesis chapter 1, way back in the beginning when they, the, the, the Godhead communed among themselves, and they said, let us make man in our image. God said in verse 26 of Genesis 1, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Two things, image and likeness. Let them have dominion. Them, not him, them. So God created man in his own image. Verse 27. It never said he created him in his likeness. He said, let's create him in our own image and likeness. But then it says, and God created man in his own image. Where was the likeness? I, I, I would uh, encourage you to, well, I think, had man partaken of the tree of life, the likeness would have been there. They had the image, but they partook of the wrong tree. Yeah? Now, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female. Man is male and female. It's not two, they're one. He created them. Then God blessed them, not him, them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Yeah? What's the way to have dominion in North Northland? To take ground for the kingdom. It's going to be them. It's going to be us with Christ. It's going to be us taking up our rightful place in the body of Christ, yes? See, God never found a man that was um, in the image and likeness right down for 4,000 years until you came to the River Jordan and then he saw Jesus. It took him that long to find a man that was both in the image and in the likeness of God. And there he was. And that's where we've come to. Christ is our risen head. We're one with him. And together we can take dominion. Praise God. God has found his man. And that's where we need what we need to find. You won't find holiness and blessing and favor by looking at yourself. But if you look up under Jesus, he's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the whole story. He's everything in between. I remember when I fell in love with Ruth. It was a long time ago. Not that long ago. A few years ago. But uh, I did fall in love with her. And I didn't want to let her out of our sight. We were married pretty quick. But during... Uh, I asked her if she'd marry me. A few days later, we were on the plane heading back to the UK. I packed her up, spent three weeks over there, came back to New Zealand, got married 10 days later. Brought some of her whanau over. They came out for the wedding. But um, it was, I didn't want to let her out of my sight. 
I wasn't going to procrastinate. She was from the other side of the world. I prayed about a wife. God blessed me with this wonderful woman here who stood beside me in ministry for many years. And, and, and I, wanted, I wanted the right woman. And I asked God about it, and he brought the right one along. And I was just in love. And I didn't want to let her out of my sight. Her father, I asked him for her hand in marriage, and it, thankfully it pleased him to say that was going to be all right. And I'm very thankful to her father for giving me the hand of Ruth in marriage. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing. It was the gift of her father to his son-in-law to be. And Jesus is the gift. Uh, the church is the gift of the heavenly father to his son. Yeah? In John 17, verse 24, the prayer that Jesus prayed, he says, Father, I desire... I love it. I love this. I've loved this for many, many years, this scripture, right from when I first got saved. Father, I desire that those also who you, give, who you gave me be with me. He's not wandering off in the wilderness. He's in the land. He is the land. He's in the blessing of the love of the Father. He bathes in the sunshine of it at all times. He's under the goodness and the favor of God Almighty. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our risen head. He says, I desire that all those also who you gave me be with me where I am, that they might behold my glory. And if the church is going to be a glorious church, we need to behold the glory of our risen head. What does he mean to you this morning? What does he really mean? Yes? Do you delight yourself in him? Is he, is he all that your heart could ever desire? Are you satisfied with him alone? Yes? He said, for you love me before the foundation of the world. What a wonderful uh, relationship we've been brought into between Christ and the, the bride, the love of the Father and the love for the Son. How wonderful. And then Jesus, remember, he kept talking about heaven and talking about his Father with his disciples in my Father's house of many mansions. Then we come to Song of Solomon Chapter 2 and verse 10, and I just loved last week how Ruth spoke about in Revelation chapter 4 about a door that was opened in heaven and, and how we were encouraged to come up here. And we hear that same language in, in Song of Solomon chapter 2, and, uh, and, and Jesus wants us where he is, and he's inviting us into the land and, and to dwell with him, to abide with him in his house. And then so he says in, in Song of Solomon chapter 2, my beloved spoke and said to me, Arise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. You know, I believe that the Lord Jesus is calling the church unto himself to rise up, to come into the Father's house, to draw near to God and experience the blessings that were always ours. But as we've stood without often because of unbelief, we've wandered off in the wilderness because of unbelief, and he's calling us to come into the good land. He is that good land. All the blessings, blessed with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, they're all yours. This glorious church will be glorious when they enter into the blessings. You will be more glorious each day as you walk in the favor and the love and grace of God and display the glory of our glorious Lord in your life, the Shekinah glory dwelling in us. What is the response of our hearts? He is the bridegroom of our hearts. He desires our company. He doesn't want to let us out of his sight. He's always there for us. And it's like the, woman, the, the Shunammite woman said in the Song of Solomon. She said, my beloved is mine. She took it personally. 
And then she said this, and his desire is toward me. Do you know the desire of our Lord is towards you? Do you know that the desire of your heavenly Father is towards you? Do you value the relationship that he's brought you into? He loves you. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So we've had the glorious church as the body of Christ. The glorious church is the gift of the Father to the Son. And thirdly, and the last point, Where's that clock on? There we go. It's back up. The last point is the glorious church is the living expression of God's love to the world. The living expression of the love of God to the world. How else is the world to know love unless it flows through us? It flows out of the secure place that we occupy in the love of Christ and the love of the Father and the waves of love that roll over us, His love and favor and grace and blessing that He blesses us with. We're secure people. It's a glorious church, the church which is His body. It's a glorious church. And, and we love one another, and we love people out there in the community, and we'll sacrifice anything to see people blessed. And we'll go their extra mile like Jesus went. It's what Jesus said in, in John 13, and And verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Wow, what a high bar that is. See, we're one with him. The bar is just as high for us as for him. It means laying down my life for my wife, laying down my life for my children, laying down my life for my community, for for the church, to serve, to use anything that God has given me to serve in the church, to be faithful and true like my Lord, and not just to be half-hearted. That's wilderness. No, we're coming into the land of Canaan where we're all in. We're one with, with, with the Son and we're one with the Father. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. Preach it, Paul. Just getting saved all over again over here. Praise God. The thing is, are you abiding in Christ? Are you standing in the footsteps of your Father? See, the head of the man is Christ. But in the wilderness, the tabernacle was way over there and where the glory dwelt. In your life is the sun only just coming up, but it's in the distance. And you're so occupied with the things of this world and the busyness of life that the sun is on your back and you're walking in your own shadow. The world don't want that. They don't want people who are trying their best to live a good Christian life. They don't want hypocrites. and They want the real thing. They want the love of God. They want the love of God. So I say, let the sun arise and have his rightful place. That won't happen in the, so much in the wilderness. It'll happen in the land when Christ is given his rightful place. That is where he's calling us to come to, just to fully abide in him and to walk in him. Yes? See, there'll be no shadow. When the sun's directly over us, there is no shadow. If he's very distant and you feel distant to the Lord, maybe there's a big shadow. Maybe it's time to repent. And repentance is not so much repenting for being a murderer or, 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 or a drug addict or, or for something like that. It's repenting from actually thinking that I was the source and I'm going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, it's a 180-degree turn where we walk in the Spirit and we have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Yes? That's what it's all about, repentance. No shadow. 
Praise God, there's a day coming when the shadows are going to flee away and the blessing of God is going to just come in and waves and wave after wave as waves of love go out from us. So the church is the living expression of God's love to the world. <clears throat> love is the only substance of eternal value. Without love, we are like canals without water. The water goes through the canals. Sometimes the farmers pump out of the canals. They irrigate the farmland. It brings sustenance and life. What is a canal like without water? What about the Suez Canal? The boats go through it. Commerce of the world is going through it. There's channels of blessing. Your life is to be like a canal. The waves of love of the Father to be channeled through your life. Without love, you're just like a dry canal. Just like dry bones. Yeah? In the same way the canal takes on the value of water, a much greater value is in the canal when it's full of fresh water and it's flowing through. In that same way, we automatically inherit the value of what we let flow through us. Is the love of the Father flowing through you? Is the blessing of God flowing through you? Are you using every talent that He's given you to serve the body, to serve the community, or is life all about you and getting help just to make it through? Hey, 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 I'm only telling you what, he's, what I've had to learn over the years. Don't take it personally. Or take it personally and just die to self. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rubbing a bit of salt in the wound. Sorry about that. Oh, glory. So the love of the Father for the Son is the most precious element in all eternity. We may be nothing apart from love, but when the Father's love flows through us, we take on the highest value of all creation. Yeah? Let the love of God, let us be a channel for the love and the light of God to flow out into Northland, yes? What is your response to a brother or, or, or a sister that does you wrong? Yeah? What is your response? I just, just want to ask you that. Let alone someone in the community. In your workplace, oh, he does that to me. Oh, that's not fair. You know, what is your response? Is it a response of love? See, Jesus was in the wilderness and he got tested for 40 days and then he got tested more and it proved he could never sin. Let our response always be a response of love, yes? Amen. Because love, it says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and love is kind. Yes? If I'm supposed to watch that clock, why does it disappear all the time? There it is. Two minutes, 35, 34, 33. Oh, no, don't, don't need distractions. Oh, the, the glorious church. What is it? It is the body of Christ. It is a mystery. But it is that which has come from himself that's suitable to him. Nothing but the best. Holy, sanctified, glorious. It's the body of Christ. We've been set apart. Sanctified by blood. Sanctified by faith, sanctified by the Word of God that's made holy, sanctified by the Spirit, and sanctified by the body of Christ. The glorious church is the body of Christ. The glorious church is the gift of the Father to His Son, and the glorious church is the living expression of God's love to the world. That's a glorious church. Oh, I want excited to be at a glorious church. Not that excites necessarily the church that we're speaking of. 
See, the church is not an organization. It's, it's an organism. It is that which comes from Him. So don't get confused. Anybody can come along here and meet on a Sunday. We have an open door. We welcome people in. We say, hi to my come and welcome home. But the church, the real church, the last for eternity that is suitable for our Lord is only that which has come from himself. Not something I've conjured up by good works. No, that won't do for the glorious church. That won't be glorious. That'll turn the world off for sure. And my brothers and sisters, yeah? Praise God for a church without spot or wrinkle. We're not looking for it in the future. It's already there. It's a mystery. It's already done. He said it was finished. I was raised up with him 2,000 years ago. I died with him. I was buried with him, raised up. He was the firstborn from out of death. We follow him, and we've been seated in heavenly places in Christ. That's the secret place. I have a place there with my Father in Christ, in God, in Christ, in God. All authority comes from that place. I can only stand in the footprints of my Father. I can only abide in Christ. I can't try and be something out of him. A million years of practice, I'd still fail. Glory to God. Let's occupy the position in Christ that he's given us. Let the church be glorious. Let his waves of his love flow through your life and let his spirit move through you in an amazing dynamic way. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus today here, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Because if you don't know him, he is the creator of all. He's the sustainer of all. And he gave his life. It's an amazing story that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, the worst murderer can believe in Him. The worst rapist can believe in Him. Whoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The glory of God is so powerful. It shines out the love of God, the goodness of God, the salvation that He offers. You need it. You need it. If you've never welcomed into your heart the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of all glory I encourage you to do that this morning